Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, I sit down with Evan Unger and Jordan King to talk about world records, real estate, business principles, and the music industry. So we go through a whole bunch of different stuff in pretty short order. These guys really have invested a lot of time in developing themselves, and I think for anyone who's getting started in business or real estate, to hear what they've accomplished already at the age of 31 is impressive, and to map out their future the next 10, 15, and 20 years which likely seems like forever for these guys, but I know in the snap of a fingers, it's all gonna be here. To see the foundation that they are setting now, it's easy to extrapolate their future successes. Really pumped to see what they accomplish and really excited to share their thoughts on life with you on this podcast. So really interesting podcast for me to sit down and do really, you know, it's an honor to sit down with guys like this and chat and get their thoughts and to be able to share it. And if you are listening to this and you don't have the Your Life, Your Terms app yet, you can get that on your phone by just going to the Apple store for your apps, the Google Play store. If you're on an Android, search for your life, your terms, you'll get the app on your phone. If you're not a Rockstar Inner Circle member, you're going to get access to the podcasts and the videos and other educational material that we put out. If you are a Rockstar Inner Circle member, you can log in and get access to further member benefits. So access to all the different classes and virtual classes, live broadcasts that we put out. We recently had a live broadcast that was a heavy focus on interest rates and U.S. Treasuries and the Canadian bond market and how it's all working together right now and what that means for mortgage rates. So that live broadcast is exclusively for Rockstar Inner Circle members. If you're a member, you can log in and get access to it on the app. You used to be able to only get these things on the website, but now you can go to the website, the member website or the app. And if you're not a member, there is material for you there as well. So that's the Your Life, Your Terms app. That's it for the intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Sat down, had lunch or a drink first? No, 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 this is good. This is a good way to start. So we are live with Evan and Jordan and uh, I think we started talking with Evan first about this box jumping thing. Uh, Jordan, are you a big box jumper? No, but I uh, I like athletics and I like watching this guy jump. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just saying, like, we, yeah, I feel like I can't resist saying that I feel like you're the white guy that can jump or something. But yeah. then in basketball, you told me you can't jump. No. I just I just couldn't play basketball the same. So you my couldn't life. play basketball. Yeah, because I was going to say jump, if you can box jump as high as you're telling me you can box jump. Sure. Then I feel like that can translate to basketball. But you're saying there's no. I'm not saying there's no translation, but you know, you, it's all about your arms and hands in basketball. Yeah. Whereas, like in box jumping, it doesn't matter where your hands go. So Maybe you, you just, have to get on a platform. Got it. Yeah. Maybe you're just not coordinated. Hundred percent coordinated. Yeah, okay. Like, no. uh, I wouldn't say I'm the most coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, can you tell me? I'm going to pull up this video. Right. Um, but is, can you tell everyone? Uh, well, well, let's start with this. I'm just kind of curious. Like, how do you get to set a box? You set a record for a little while. Tell me about this thing. Yeah. So I I used to work in the gym industry and I uh, worked with this guy who was like competitive as hell and everything. So every week could be something. It's like I can bench more than you or I can do this better than you. And so you know, anyways, we we would always go at it. And then one week he you know he's a semi pro volleyball player he says to me oh I can jump higher than you I was like all right let's do it and so we started setting up the boxes in the gym like any regular box jump and we just kept going higher and higher and higher and by the time we were done we had like a little crowd around us and people were clapping and I ended up beating him but uh 
yeah, we, we ended up Googling it and I was about a foot away from the world record at that time. And I was like, I'm, I know enough in athletics here and I have the people around me that I could train and beat this. And so I trained for just under a year and then, uh, about a year later crushed that record. Is this you here? Yeah. That, and that's in one health clubs in Oakville there. Yeah. So you did, this is like just around the corner this is from me, like right behind your house, <laughs> quite literally. So that's a 63 and a half inch box jump. For anyone listening, we're just watching this attempt here that you, you can Google it up on Evan's name. But if, if I thought you were a, a foot short, I wouldn't think that that's possible. Oh shit. <laughs> that is absolutely shit. everybody's reaction. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> wow. And is this video, had you already done it before this video? So you, this was like the official? This is going to be the highest I had, <clears throat> I had ever jumped. So <clears throat> at this event, um, I knew I could break the record. At the time, the record was like 58 or 59 inches. I think it was 59 inches. And so I knew I could break that record. And I had already broken the record at this event. And I was like, no, I can go higher. And so I went another inch. And then I, this, this last one was another half an inch. I had failed this jump like three times. And then I, I got like really angry. And someone was like, Evan, like your, your central nervous system is frying. Like this is your last jump. And I was like... All right, this is it right here. Let's go. Did you guys know each other at this time already? Yeah, he yeah. was there. For, oh, oh, you yeah. were in there. You were in yeah. there as well. Yeah. I can't believe one health club said, were you working there? Yeah. Okay. Cause I was gonna say, why did they do this big setup? It looks yeah, like they sure. cleared the whole gym. I they did. Hundred I mean, it's also in the middle of the day, like when it's like fairly quiet. And then yeah. was this an official world record? hundred yeah, percent. I'm in the book. Really? Yeah. I'm so what you take the video and then you have to submit it. Oh my God. The submission process is just as hard as actually achieving this record. Unless you bring this, uh, the, um, adjudicator out, it's 10,000 us to bring the adjudicator out plus room and board and travel. And I was like, ah, you know, like I think, I think I can handle like doing the submission process on my own. So you had to get specialized witnesses that are in the, in the field, like in athletic fields. So I had uh, like anybody in health and wellness, I had pharmacists, I had physiotherapists, I had other trainers. That's some of the gyms. people that are gathered around you there. There's five specialized witnesses, uh, all in different fields and none of them related to me. You have to be arm's length. Yes. And then I have land surveyors. I had to call like, you'll, you'll know what a land surveyor is. <laughs> We're in real estate. Yeah. So at the time I wasn't in real estate. I was like, what's a land surveyor? And funny enough, yeah, so um, I had to call land surveyor. They came out with their laser levels. They had to do all the measurements and make sure that like the box was actually at X height and the ground was level and there was no A, B, C, D. And so you have to do all that. You have to get videos from different angles. You have to have, you know, public uh, press and publications there. And yeah, it was and so bad. then uh, at some point, Joe Rogan pulls this up on his podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, and you yeah. just lose your, at that point, you lose your mind. I mean, yeah, 100%. And, uh, and then you also did a one, one legged box jump or something. Yeah. So I did a single leg box jump as well at, at the Mississauga location. And, uh, I crushed that record by over a foot. And, um, but when I was doing it, I had beaten it. Like I said, I beat it a few times. I want to make it like hard to beat, you know, I don't want to just beat it by a little bit. Anyway, so I beat it. And then I was like, I want to go higher, higher, higher. And then I was gassing out, I guess. And I'm jumping off my right leg, which is my dominant leg. And I slipped on the, like my foot missed the top of the box and I smoked my shin on the box. Oh. It cut me right open. And uh, anyways, I had my friend who's a medic actually came over and he like wrapped me up and everyone's like, oh, okay, it was such a great event. You already broke it. I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm hitting this height. <laughs> like I'm not leaving on this note. I switched to my left leg. I landed the jump. <laughs> I went to the hospital and got seven stitches and came back. Yeah. Holy shit. And then I guess, uh, how long did you have the record for? Because people then started attacking this record, I guess. Oh yeah, for sure. So I think I had it for three or four years. So I think I broke this in 20... 
15 or 16. Yeah. 16. And then I, I think for someone to mention it on the Joe Rogan show is almost even more fun than the record itself. 100%. Just to get mentioned on that kind yeah. of platform. I yeah, feel he like... pulled up the video. He like looked at it. I think it's more so how he mentioned it, which I liked. He's just like, can, can you imagine if this guy put come, come his closer time to into, like He's like, can you imagine if this guy put his time into like um, something like a business or something? He'd be a huge CEO. This guy would be so wealthy and all this stuff. So. But he decided to put his time and effort into <laughs> yeah, the box jump, jump again. Yeah. So that video came out and Jordan's like, all right, Evan, time. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Joe, we, we need to build if something. If Joe Rogan here. says that we should be uh, focusing our efforts on some, yeah. something else. So then you guys know each other from grade, no, grade school. No. We grew up in Oakville together. You hated each other at one point. <laughs> no, no. No, okay. Different we high did, schools. Different high schools. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you went to Holy Trinity. Who went to, My son went to Holy Trinity. Yeah, so you I went, went to Holy Trinity, okay. but I, li I live like, my parents actually live right around the corner from Iroquois. So I should have went to Iroquois, and I knew a lot of the off. Iroquois guys, but I went to HD for the football program at the time. Big program. Yeah, yeah. We, I like to say we yeah. kind of started yeah, that you're off. You're not a small kid. I <laughs> yeah. can see you playing football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I was at Holy Trinity, and then Evan was at... Uh, um, Iroquois, we had mutual friends. We saw each other at parties. And then when he was working out at the gym, I was working at the gym and work, sorry, I was I working was at the gym. You were working at, working at the gym. And then we used to always talk and whatnot. And then the okay, box jumping thing happened. And got it. Got I said, it. I like your then, energy. Let's do something. Cool. So then you were, so you were playing, you said football, but then I think I read that you're playing hockey. Yeah. So I played both. So hockey, I've actually played since I was like four years old. That was something I've always done. I ended up playing for Mississauga Chargers Junior A at the highest level that I've personally played for. But at the same time during high school, I was doing football. So there was like a four year period where I was playing football and hockey at the same time and the seasons overlap right so it's like four days or five days a week i'm on the football field six days a week i'm on the ice traveling everywhere it was a lot you know and junior hockey i mean it's high level so do you play men's league hockey now like are you the ringer that comes in and just says hey <laughs> you want to play you want to play on our team no you don't play at all so what's funny is after i played junior a i quit because i'm just like i yeah, my whole life right. i played since i was four years old yeah. right and i'm like at this point i'm in university i'm at guelph university i'm like i don't want to be traveling for like sports if i'm at school i want to kind of have that experience but i had a buddy at the time that um he was playing for a junior d team in delhi and he's like just come play like what's the point we'll get paid and whatever and he's like, there's a huge fan base, there's crowds, they all come out in these small towns. So we went to do that for a bit. Uh, we went to the finals. We actually lost in the finals by like a goal. And then I don't think I've ever put my skates on since. And oh this my was God. no way. Oh, ever. Not even like a public that. skate, nothing. Um, for probably over well, close to 10 years now. At, all. at some point you're going to get back to it. We played men's league, I think for like almost 20 years. And we had a few guys like you yeah. and they would come out and play. And it's like, whenever we needed a goal, it'd just be like, all right, here, Jordan, go. Even if they play defense, when you're playing in a meg, it depends what category, of men's yeah. league, what level of men's league, you're just going to skate around everyone, just kind of like pop it in the top corner or something like that. So you have a bright future. Yeah. You, you should get into <laughs> men's league. Hey, listen, if you, <laughs> if, you, if you win men's league, you get like a, like a K-way jack. Do you know what K-way jack? You guys are too young. Like a windbreaker. A windbreaker. Yeah, yeah. It's fancy. It'll say like, it'll say the men's league hockey. Oh, what <laughs> I foresee <laughs> happening is I have two kids, like my son, he's, uh, turning four in, in January of uh, my daughter. She's nine months. So I think hey, congrats, depending on, man. thank you. I think depending on which direction they go into, if they get into sports, then that might 
bring yeah, me back yeah, in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, totally. But for now, it's just there's no choice. Yeah. You know, your son's playing hockey, and, <laughs> and you guys are you're both 31 years old right now. We're gonna get into the real estate stuff in, in, in a second, mm-hmm. but yeah, you're gonna go into the hockey stuff, especially. Do you li- you live in Hamilton? You're anywhere here, you're getting into hockey. Yeah, yeah. A good friend of mine now has three young boys, and he's getting sucked into the hockey world, and he had no idea. Now he's assistant coach on one oh, team. Wow, yeah. He's going down that like when you get sucked into the hockey world, it's, it's a whole different. Yeah, thing. it's no turning back. So yeah. when you put the skates back on, dude, it's gonna be like riding a bike you're just, what position what, what position did you play in hockey i was a right winger yeah i was like your power forward you know yeah yeah dump yeah. the puck in the corner yeah, yeah. i come flying in full speed yeah. actually <laughs> you know what help. maybe we can get you in a leafs jersey maybe there's some home maybe we need all yeah. listen we need anything <laughs> we need anything even so someone was texting me who was it was my brother my brother's not here today but he's texting me he's like what's going on with matthews man there's like no goals happening this year for matthews so you know we've got john Tavares all kind of scoring the goals anyway i'm i'm, I'm way off we'll uh, we'll get back tra- on track here one more thing about you the because i want to talk about some of the stuff in real estate you're doing but what's this stuff about music and like yeah what are you doing in the music world so interesting uh my first business ever was actually in the music industry okay which was a wild experience i thought oh i'm just gonna start a label you know i'll be the next p diddy easy peasy <laughs> wait hold on you need a mic to record like what you need like an interface you need all these things you need pro tools and logic so we jumped into it um and it was good because it gave me put it this way i think the music businesses is one of the hardest businesses in the world right and starting with that business and battling it for years and still being able to get quite a lot accomplished. That's what opened up my mind to get into other businesses. And I was like, Hey, if I could stick it out here in the music industry, that is so political and so many things involved with it to break through, um, you know, to buy some real estate where I don't have to really deal with any of those things. I think it's a little bit more straightforward. So I'm still involved. Um, I actually took a step away for a little bit from music. We've now come back and Evan's a part of it too, where we are, yeah, we're kind of bridging like the financial and investor world into music right now. So we are aligned with a few Grammy nominated producers and um, songwriters and things like that and have a few under my belt as well. Hmm. So what we do is artists, uh, not artists, uh, investors that are looking to invest in music, but don't know at all Mm. where and how to do it. Um, We kind of give that avenue on different levels. So you can invest with a major label and do a song or something like that. Or you can do live shows or you can invest in an independent artist that is trending and is coming up for, you know, much better position. So would it be correct to say you're brokering these transactions or is that the wrong language to use? You're more representing people that then you, you know, like as as an agent? I think it's a little bit of everything. Because it's funny, I was talking to my artists that I work with and it was like, hey, like you're kind of like a manager and like an investor, but like also an agency all in one, right? And then now we're trying to really grow that out so we can be those guys that if people want to get into the music industry, you know, you could navigate it with people that have the know-how and have Did the you perform any music yourself? Like, you- Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I did some music myself. It was- What, what type? Um, it was like hip hop. Like that, okay. that was like our, our main focus. Like now we're branching out into technical, okay. like pretty much anything that- If you want to go out on the, you got a mic right in front of you. If yeah. you want to think of me right now, you just go have at it. No, so my thing was, I always wanted to be behind the scenes, like in the okay. business. At the time I was looking for like the right artist to push. Didn't really find that perfect yeah. artist. So I said, you know what? I'm going to jump in and see what I can do myself. And be, I've done some decent stuff. I have a couple songs with a few major artists and you know um, our labels opened up for quite a few major artists as well done some pretty big shows and uh no way i can't figure you guys out you guys have done like (laughs) hockey football box jumping music i don't know like i don't and then so sorry now i'm gonna flip back to evan evan you went to school in california for a while what was all that about well my family 
my family moved out moved there to for, yeah oh, for, okay. for work and so that took they took me with them <laughs> okay so then you they moved back here yeah, yeah. Uh, how was that like going to school in california and then coming back here is that tough on you? Uh, when did no. you come back? That's in high school? Yeah, I came back for my last year of high school, but I had grown up here. So it was really crazy, actually. Like I, I left and I had this five-year gap of being in California. And then I came back and I, the like, first day back here, I went and saw the people who I had been best friends with. And it was like right. nothing had changed. It was so crazy. So it was easy to come back. Hmm. Any When you're going to school in California at that age, is there any difference in the, like the way of the, the, the worldview. Oh my God. You know, like the everything is view. different there. Everything. Yeah. The, not so much stature so, of the people there. Like, so what do you mean by that? I mean, I lived in a town that is exactly like Oakville. Okay. It's called Danville. It's, it's the equivalent Oakville to Toronto is Danville to San Francisco. It's, okay. it's like identical in every way. Okay. High income per capita, mm -hmm. gated communities. Mm -hmm. You have to like, key card to enter all that fun stuff. And so, you know, all, all these kids are like, kids of sports stars and oh, really? and Got kids it. of like super wealthy people. And so it's just, it's a different, it's a very different game like mm -hmm. over there. And um, my high school sports team, my high school sports program there is better than Got I would it. say the majority of the university sports programs here. Mm -hmm. And my high school there had a larger population, is it a larger student base than my college here. So like, like it's, wow. Yeah, well, I mean, we like 4,000 kids in high school. It was crazy. So. Yeah. Got it. Holy smokes. Okay. So then you come back here, you guys meet mm -hmm. and then, um, when does realist, there's so much other stuff that's, you know, I think like here, the easiest way to do it is like, we're both so competitive and, and being in athletics and, and then having that background, both of us yeah, are like that's a good so, point. so competitive. Yeah, yeah. And so we started being having these conversations well, during workouts. Second, and he did football and hockey. Oh, no, don't come you're back to me about you're, athletics. You're box, jump, <laughs> you're box jumping. So you're, you're taking your box jumping no, and no, putting it up against his hockey. And it's oh, better football. than his hockey. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. 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 I, I, I can't call myself an athlete. I can just say I'm as competitive as okay, one. Okay. okay. All right. That's, okay. That's, yeah. I didn't know. Maybe that no, was go ahead. Make me define it. It's fine. Maybe I was missing something. Maybe there's like some baseball or. No, absolutely uh, nothing. I, I agree. It was definitely like that competitiveness that I think we both admired in each other. Because like, like I said, while he was working at the gym, I was, you know, doing my music stuff and whatever. And we'd always talk. He's like, hey, what you got going on? I would tell him. He's like, oh, that's crazy. This cool. is this. And then he did the box jumping. And so I, right, right from the beginning, I'm like, okay, this guy, you know, he's uh, he's hungry. He's yeah. hungry. He wants to do things. And then at the time, there was this company. I'm not going to say the name. But <laughs> <laughs> there was this company, one of those multi-level marketing companies. Sure. And he was trying to sell me something. Yeah. Oh, we've all gone down right? that path, man. And I have full respect for you guys. Well, you, everyone goes down that path at some point. Oh, for sure. Every good salesperson. Yeah. <laughs> but what blew my mind was, I knew I was wasn't going to do it. Like the whole thing didn't make sense. I'm like, I don't care. This doesn't make any business sense to me at all. For the owner of this company, it makes a ton of sense. But for me, it doesn't make sense. But he kept pitching me and he kept coming over and pitching me and pitching me and pitching me. And I'm like, I'm going to say no, but I enjoy this pitch because like I've already made up my mind, but you're making me want to do it even though I know I'm not. And then I think from that point, it's just like, okay, we, we, we got to do something. Let's find a product that we could actually push <laughs> that I can get behind and support that makes sense. And so I think at the time we started uh, Tuck Capital and we didn't really know what we're going to do with it. It was just, I think it was like bridging businesses to it was, investors. It was at the time. It was at the time we started, it was, it was Bitcoin and Bitcoin had just started <laughs> Like, I don't know how to say emerging, but this was like, uh, this has to be six, seven years ago. Yeah. So maybe like 20, it, it had to be before my record, right? So, yes. so this was like 2015, maybe even 2014. 14, I don't yeah. know, somewhere around there. And Bitcoin was like kind of just coming into the public eye more and more. And people, we were starting uh, being 
in that like entrepreneurial space, yeah, you start yeah. to hear about this stuff, right? A lot of investors hear about the same thing. So anyways, uh, we started buying it and talking about it and, and posting about it. And people kept coming to us like, I want to buy some, I want to buy some. You got to get How do you buy this? You, really? Back then you couldn't wow. even buy it. Like, yeah, there well, like the yeah. there's yeah, a yeah. couple online places. Anyways, whatever. So, so we said, Hey, like, you know, people are coming to us. They're, they're asking how, how do we get Bitcoin? We should just sell them Bitcoin at a markup. And that's what we did. Your capitalism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're like, Hey, so if you can't get it and we can. And, and so back then, how did you get it to them? Were you literally wallets? We would actually on your them. laptop. Yes. You had a wallet. of yeah. We were teaching them, go to this site, set up this wallet, get this key, do this, then take this, send us your money. We will send you the Bitcoin into this wallet. You can verify it this way. It's on the blockchain. Teach them what blockchain is. Wow. So yeah, it you know you're pretty early into that space if you're doing that. I mean, it's been a, a wild ride to get to here. I, I remember I was dismissing it. I think as late as uh, 2018, 19. I was just I remember somebody uh, one of an investor that works with us was talking to me about it. somebody else at one point. I will never forget put their arm around me and said, "I'm surprised you haven't figured this Bitcoin thing out yet." Hmm. And I looked at them. I'm like. I'm an investor. <laughs> I, I can say, I, when I see a scam, I can I, yeah. I can identify it really it easily. It feels like it is right you now. Know, yeah, and then yeah, yeah but then uh, yeah, completely did a 180 and just realized how wrong I was on that whole thing. Uh, and that was spring of 2020. So I'm definitely late. I think um, it was around that, that time, 2014, 2016, sometime around there. Yeah. But but yeah, it was fun. good for you guys. So that was Tuck Capital, the start of Tuck Capital. You start doing this thing. I'm curious, um, Jordan, about something you said. You when he was um, when Evan was kind of pushing whatever multi level marketing thing he was pushing. Um, you said you admired the driver. You noticed that he had some drive, or you know, like, like and, why? What, but what, you're a young guy. Like, how were you able to determine that that was an important thing you were looking for in someone you wanted to do business with? Very good question. So you got to keep in mind this was after. While I was doing the whole music stuff, I I also had a promotional marketing agency as well, where we would get like you know models, those social media influencers that go into clubs and get sales in clubs, or they go to shows and come up with the artist or do product modeling for. Like How did that work? Shows. So you put models in clubs and they get they sell bottles and get a commission on. Yeah, I get a commission, or the club will pay me, and then like we'll get I'll get paid by how many people they bring in and they promote like by door. So I was getting percentage of liquor sales and a percentage of the door huh. or all the door, depending on the event. So it started that way. You guys are great. Totally entrepreneurial. <laughs> right. totally then I wanted to branch out. Cause what happened is, like I said, music was my first business. And I realized, okay, I'm spending money. I'm not making any, <laughs> I got to figure something else out. So, I came with the modeling agency and that's where I said, okay, we'll start with the music and do some shows. And then I got into product modeling and you know, the car shows and all those live events. And I think the, at the height of it, I got connected with, um, um, pink tart 10. It was like, uh, designer company okay. like downtown Toronto. I met a couple of the Dragons Den, uh, Dragons cool. Den guys. We did the event for them. So it was going well. But what I've noticed is just to find that competitiveness and that dedication, nothing against artists or models. It's just, mm -hmm. A lot, a lot of people in general. Yeah, I mean, it's just the general population. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of entitlement. So when I met Evan, like I already knew him, but when I saw how we really operate, so I'm like, this guy's driven. I don't have to tell this guy to work because that was I was always that guy up at 5:30 in the morning. Hey guys, this is the plan for today. Let's do this. Checking up, mm -hmm. and it's training having to constantly push people to want more for themselves. So you grew up in Oakville. Yes, I grew up in. You're Oakville growing as well. up in Oakville, but you're getting up at 5:30 in the morning. Why are you getting up at 5:30 in the morning? Where's that? Where's that coming from? I think. Like, yeah, I think. I it's feel sports. like growing up in Oakville. It's kind of like I don't want to say it's an easy life, but it's kind of like I don't know. It's not that difficult. So my, my parents 
worked, but like my parents were immigrants. They worked very hard to get where they were. Where are they from? Uh, my mom's from Grenada. My dad's from Jamaica. So oh, they worked cool. very hard to have the life that they were able to give me and my brother. But they also made sure that we knew like, hey, like this, <laughs> this shit isn't free. Cool. We had to work for this, right? So from that, we always had in our mindset, like we need to go out and do more, especially knowing what my parents had to do to come here. Like they moved here in their, in their young teens and mm. had to start a whole life and get a job and go to school and all that stuff. So I said, you know what? I want to do business because I want to be in a position where I could hand down businesses and, you know, having friends that had their families and they had family businesses. I realized that was mm. something that I wanted to be able to pass on to my kids and do for my family. So that's where that very drive cool. came from. I was always very, very motivated. Uh, might not always have been, um, motivated in the right things because you know you get lost when you're young and yeah, totally. whatever i but, think especially uh, guys i was just telling our team here guys between the ages of like 18 and 24 i'm just speaking for myself but i've noticed a lot of my friends completely lost yeah. like completely there's one thing i remember from my anthropology class in university was there's this one tribe in south america somewhere if you ever leave the tribe you are never allowed back except for guys between the ages of like 18 and 24 which i concluded meant oh they know guys go crazy between that age and they kind of settle back down so i've always used that as like a little barometer for looking at just guys when they kind of lose it during that time so you're right you go down all crazy paths but you look yeah. like you've kind of yeah uh, you got got your head on straight right now for sure. Yeah, I got two kids. It helps, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Heavy yeah, partying yeah. and being involved in music earlier. Like I had then like the modeling agency. I was always in the clubs, like mm -hmm. those late nights and whatnot. So I feel like I've lived that life and I see what that's like. And now probably I'm good like, that you got that out of your system. Completely out of my system. Now it's just focus and business. So going back to what you said originally is after meeting and networking with so much people, I realized it was very rare to find people that were a hungry and motivated to want and do more, but also loyal and like mm. decent people, right? And that was a big one for me is I got slighted a lot working with people where, you know, the the effort might have been there, but the loyalty wasn't mm. or certain God. business tactics I didn't really approve of. And that's one thing that we pride ourselves in with all of our businesses that we have together is we're, we're going to move appropriately. You know, we're not going to slight anybody. We're going to make sure we take care of everyone that we need to. But of course, we're going to grow our business. Yeah. Good for you guys. Thinking like that now, your reputation is it. it I kind of laugh when people take the shortcut or do something for quick and easy money. That's the wrong thing to do because your reputation is the most priceless thing you have and word spreads so quickly. Mm -hmm. So just living by the principles that you're kind of outlining that you clearly live by, yeah. uh, that's going to serve you more than anything. Okay. So now I get it. That's why you see Evan and you're like, okay, this guy's, we're on the same wavelength. hundred percent. He's a hustler in the best possible way. hundred percent. And, uh, and you guys start this tuck capital stuff. And then why, what's the decision of when do you start kind of getting into real estate? Like when does that start to evolve? Cause I'd imagine if you guys are like me and I don't know where your, your financial background, but Nick and I started stuff like with awesome corporate names yes. and then we had no money. <laughs> Like, but we had like this corporation. We're like, oh yeah, like we're just going to like take over the world. Right. And like, uh, <laughs> I don't even want to say some of the names, but like we actually had no money to get going. It was really tough. So I just hear you guys saying tuck capital. And I'm not saying you didn't have money to start. We didn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it was, we really, I'll be, I'm going to lean into the mic for this one. We didn't. We didn't. <laughs> it was just like us. You kind of like, you, 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 you name the company. You're like, and oh, you we start and you can't up. like, you don't have two nickels to kind of rub yeah. next to each other. Right. So, uh, but so, we, we had the vision. We had the, we, like, which matters more than anything. Like, this laser focused tunnel vision and we still have it to this day and I think is what keeps us so hungry. Okay. So then how does this evolve? Tuck Capital starts you doing a bunch of different stuff. You okay. I'll run you through it like the okay. 30 second summary. Yeah. Uh, Tuck Capital was Jordan had a huge network of people. I had a huge network of people uh, just through various businesses and industries. And um, 
we started noticing that we have a lot of people who need money uh, for projects, businesses, ventures. And we also have a network of people who have a lot who are actively investing in different things. And so we're like, hey, we should bring those people together. And that's that's where Tuck Capital came from. It Got wasn't it. our own capital. It. it was, hey, we're, we're going to provide yeah. capital for other people. Anyways, and so um, we started we started consulting and helping bring people together for projects and businesses and whatnot who needed money. And then someone approached us and said, Hey, like I need a $60,000 second position mortgage. And we were like, yeah, you know what? Maybe we should fund this one. Yeah. Like, you know what? You know what? You know, you know what? We'll fund this. And he was doing really big things in real estate. And we said, you know, what? we'll, we'll give you your second mortgage and we'll do it ourselves. And we want you to teach us what you're doing. Mm, I was like, all right. And so, and the rest is literally history. Like that's that's that that was the catalyst that got us into real estate. We bought a bunch of properties with this gentleman, and uh, it went well. And then we just decided, you know, we're gonna uh, keep keep going in this route, and and to this day, we're still doing it. Well, and, and to add to that, like there just there were such good returns, right? We were getting like 12 percent annually on the loan we put out, and we're like, oh my god, this is like decent money. We're not doing anything. And then like it kind of dawned on us, hey, if someone's paying us twelve percent, what do they make it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, they're gonna be making so some good coin. Connected so the dots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So then we kind of jumped in like on a more um, financial partner situation where we you know, pooled more money and we got more investors together and we invested as like a joint venture. So we were the money partner and this uh, company kind of built it out. And then same thing, as we continued to learn more and more, we said, hey, you know what? Like we can find properties and we can build this out ourselves and we have capital now. So that's- So is that something this. you guys are doing? You're actively buying properties yourself directly? Oh yeah. You are? Oh yeah. Oh, sure. got it. Oh, and then you have like a certain criteria, a certain property type you like? Yeah. Is that- So our, our preference is value add always. So we like the Burr model um, and- that's that's our niche. I mean, just, so uh, yeah. Describe the Burr model for everyone. Uh, so the Burr model is uh, you buy a, you buy a dilapidated, beat up property. You force the value up in that property. Appreciate you force appreciation by adding a unit, developing the property, intensifying it, or just making it way more beautiful than it was. Construction. Um, construction. Yeah, you rent it out, and then the you refinance it based on its newly appraised value. So you've created value in that home by doing A, B, C, or D. And so and then if you do a really good burn, you've bought the right deal, you're able to pull a lot of your money out of that deal and then recycle it and, and use it again. And so that's where we found a lot of uh, momentum. And then are, uh, is this in Ontario? Yeah, this is oh. Southern Ontario. And, uh, are there cities you like or yeah. no, just wherever? Uh, no, I would say like our focus uh, when we first started was St. Catharines, Hamilton, uh, Brantford, London. Uh, and now we're, we, we are still acquiring in those areas. We have a few properties here in Oakville um, and also further up north now, you know, playing in North Bay, Sault Ste. Marie, uh, Sudbury, Timmins. How are you getting the confidence to decide on some of these cities? Like you guys are pretty young. It sounds like you've been doing this for a, a few years already. Mm -hmm. How are you getting the confidence to say, hey, St. Catharines, you know, Hamilton, London, where, where's that coming from? It's just a spreadsheet. Honestly, like, um, I think we've, we've gotten to the point where we've removed a lot of the emotion out of it. Yeah. And so we know our numbers and if the numbers work, we go for it. And so we've been, you know, we started playing in those cities based on guidance in Southern Ontario. You know, those cap rates started shrinking. Uh, you know, your cash flow starts dwindling and you start to see, you know, I should, I could repurpose these properties in the South uh, and, and move that cash flow or that liquidity into the North and cash flow a lot more, or have more, add more value. And so, you know, you start to look for that, you look for low vacancy, you look for good job growth, population growth, and then you look at the numbers and say, like, <laughs> Who was, when you were looking at the spreadsheet, I think one of the mistakes Nick and I made early on was looking at numbers. We forgot to check um, 
how like good or bad the property was itself. So the numbers looked good and we would buy some properties and they were so horrible. Oh God. That, like like, like it would, structurally you mean? Yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. just, yeah. Electrical, like just a, the numbers <laughs> looked amazing. Well, yeah. yep. It looked amazing. And then sure. we bought it and we're like, oh my gosh, like Nick, this is like, you totally ripped us off here because now we have to drop in so much money mm-hmm. that we also don't have mm-hmm. to fix this property. Yeah. The numbers, sure they look good, but you screwed us. Do you have anything like have you ever been kind of screwed like that with your own analysis that you many times <laughs> but, but that's how we learn like, yeah okay. we, we pride ourselves Funny how on, everyone goes down the same path yeah, yeah, we, yeah we pride ourselves we're not scared of failure like that's what gets us in a position 100%. to be able to learn and grow from it so our thing is is like as long as we fail as quick, quick quickly and often as possible we can correct those mistakes and get quicker to success Wh- where's that thought process coming from that's not normal well fail forward we just we just done a lot of personal development yeah. and we the two of us are so different today than we were when we first met each other. It's oh, insane. And like, yeah. you know, his weaknesses were some of my strengths and vice versa. And so, you know, we've taught each other, you know, different mindsets and we've read so much and we've, you know, real estate is fucking stressful, man. It's, it's not this like golden <laughs> ticket. That it's not passive, no, man. There's, there, there's nothing passive about it unless you're, okay, well, my opinion, all right, just opinion, not advice, but it, there's nothing <laughs> passive about it unless you're ultimately a lender. Okay. And you're, and you're doing like, like private lending or lending of any sort, really when you're in it, you can create a passive business. And that's the same with any business. You put the right people in place, put the right systems, it becomes passive via your hard work, but it's not like you can just invest, buy a house and, oh, great. Now I just sit on it. It's like, no, there's always maintenance. There's always issues. There's always tenants and laws and this and that. And there's a million things, it's not passive. So you know, we've learned and overcome so much. So and, you're both yeah. d- done personal development reading and stuff like that. Oh yeah. So sure. what are some, did you have a book or a person? That it was, kinda... it was honestly everything. It was books. It was um, podcast. It was mm. uh, watching interviews, listening to people who've already done it and run at certain levels. And one of the main things that I, especially like with my entertainment background, mm. right? Like I met quite a lot of successful people and the one I'd always ask, like, hey, what advice can you give me? What advice can you give me? And it was just like, hey, like, if you are doing something and it's making money, don't change what you're doing. Because a lot of people, when they're doing something, they start making money, they now want to change their fundamentals. And it's just like, why would you change that if that is what got you to where you are? So that was a big one. And the other one was like, hey, like, so much people are so cautious about being perfect. They want everything to be perfect. You understand? And that is the biggest killer. Because while you are waiting to put something out or make a move on something for the perfect opportunity, which in most cases does not exist, you're competing with the guy that's just running ahead, failing, figuring it out, failing, mm-hmm. figuring it out, and then he's running. While you are just still waiting to perfect it. So deciding, yeah. yeah, deciding. So that was our thing is just like, hey, you let's- are pretty rare. I've spoken to a lot of people. Most people don't speak like you speak. When you were reading these books, were, did you read at Holy Trinity? Um, as much as you read in personal development books? So my thing was... Like, were you always reading these books or did it come at a certain point of your life? It definitely came at a certain point in my life when I realized that, like, I kind of hit, like, a wall, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm just like, okay, I need to do more. And When, When did you hit that wall? I would say it was, like my second year, third year university. Cause I was taking like a whatever general arts course in university. Where did you go? Did you tell us? Uh, Guelph University. Guelph. Yeah. Okay. So I was taking a regular general arts university. You know, I was kind of seeing what was going on. Like I had some older friends that were graduating. I see what they were doing. It didn't really intrigue me. Um, I tried to, to do the music thing. You know what I mean? At the time, spent a lot of money. I'm like, okay, like I got to figure some stuff out. So my thing was like, I need to develop myself more. I need to be reading. I need to be listening. I need to be getting out there. I need to be 
really networking. And even when I stopped schooling, it was just like, okay, I don't want to stop learning just because I'm not in school. And most people, I think they think that the only place you could learn is when you're in school. And I don't agree with that at all. I think you could make any opportunity you can to learn, right? So my thing was just like, okay, I'm not in school as much. I don't want to lose my competitive edge, my wittiness. So I just need to take in as much information as possible. And then from doing that, you just start looking at the world differently. And I've realized that's the biggest part of ignorance is if you don't know what's out there, mm-hmm. if you don't know different ways on how to handle things, you're going to respond with what you know. And most people respond with emotion. You understand? Because that's what you're, what you're used to doing, right? So working with Evan especially, we kept saying, hey, is this emotional or is this facts? And Evan would always say, hey, like something will happen, I'll call him. Freaking losing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, Jordan, facts. State, state the, the facts. facts. Just state the facts. It's like a, and then plot. state the facts and state the solutions. <laughs> well, what happens after you start thinking like that for quite a little bit of time? You're not calling with problems anymore. You're figuring out solutions. You understand? Because it's like, okay, let me take a step back. Here's, here's the issues. Here are the solutions. Let's start working on the solutions. So freaking out, there's no place for that in here, right? So that personal development has definitely got us through a lot of storms that we've that most investors would experience in real estate. Good for you guys. I mean, um, just quickly on that, in case there is someone in university right now who might be listening to this, was there one book or one person on a podcast? Is there, I know it could be difficult because there's so much, but is there one thing that stands out that maybe someone could get started, a favorite? To yeah, me, Think and Grow Rich. It, think and Grow Rich. Think yeah. and Grow Rich was like the first personal development book. Like being in multi-level marketing, they like forced yeah, you to like yeah, yeah, yeah. do personal development yeah. all the time. So like I watched every single personal development video and snippet of like motivation and development. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, we're like push these books down our throat. And I think like, changed my life like for the better right the, anyway thinking so grow rich thinking grow rich was a uh, one of the most boring reads that i've ever had totally. um but there's like i can probably name like four pages in there that fully just changed mm-hmm. everything for me and, and then you know the secret law of attraction mm-hmm. and, and manifesting i always forget about the secret yeah yeah i worked with bob proctor uh, through that company for a few cool. years yeah. so i got to travel with him uh quite a bit and yeah. Some of it's kind of fluffy, but there's some sure. of it that's so good. Like the Think and Grow Rich stuff just blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. That that book specifically and Napoleon Hill's stuff in general. Um, I remember one of his principles was like accurate thinking. Like that, you know, most people just don't. You're saying state the facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know how mm-hmm. you guys say that? It's like most people just don't think accurately because they don't have the context in which to do it. Exactly. So, you know, and I was just like, wow, like you can't sometimes even make the right decision because you don't know enough about the situation. And, you know, that just kind of led me down a path of like economics and money, yes. Bitcoin and real estate. I'm like, I got to figure out marketing, you know, like how do you get a customer in the door? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you guys gone down that path at all? Like just marketing? Uh, uh, it's that- funny you said that. like now we're getting into more of the marketing because our, our biggest thing was like, we wanted to make sure our infrastructure Infrastructure was set up sure. like properly. Yeah, yeah. That was our biggest thing. Yeah. Let's set up the infrastructure. Let's you know make sure we we're working with that we want to be working with. And once that's set up, we can take it to the next level and really push it out. So mm-hmm. that's at the stage I would say we were at for like cool. probably the last sixteen to eighteen months, where we are now networking more and marketing and getting out there. And it was great for us. You know, we were able to uh, get a couple partnerships with some publicly traded companies. Both of them nine figure deals to invest in real estate, and that just came from networking and putting ourselves out guys. there. Right. Yeah. Um, back to your earlier question about books for me. I think there was two 
uh, three things really. I had an economics teacher in high school and he was really against the grain, right? Like he didn't get along with any of the other teachers and, um, but he was very, very is, is smart. Is he still there? Uh, no, he's actually left. Um, <laughs> but he was really, really good. And he was like all about forward thinking and he had like a smart board. And at the time everyone was using chalkboards yeah. back then. And he's just like, no, we got to do more. You got to think. And what he put in my mind was every morning you should get up, go to Google news and just click the news section and just see what's going on in the world. He's like, just see what is going on in the world in business and politics and government, like everything, right? So that was a big one. Um, and then another one was um, I had a college professor that taught criminology. And that was like the most eye-opening course I've ever taken. Why? Because up until that point, it sounds ignorant and naive, but I thought like everyone thinks like I do, right? Yeah. When it comes to sales, I'm just going <laughs> to sell it on something that like I would like to hear. But that course is what had me understand that everyone's different. Everyone's categorized differently and they think differently and the way they respond is differently. So some people, not the time I was uh, working at Wildest Wave selling phones, and I used to use those tactics in school and practice it in my actual sales and I saw it work. And it would be like, okay, if you see someone that's like very, very confident and whatever, um, you can't just come up to them and say, hey, do you need help with something? Because they'll tell you to, to F off. But it'd be like, hey man, those are your shoes? Like you could get a little nicer shoes. What you, what's, what's wrong with my shoes or whatever it may be? Or that was like the example that was given to me at the time. But anyways. The criminology course became a psychology course. It literally did become a psychology course. And I just got to understand that everyone responds to things differently and you have to be able to understand like which group that people are in. And once I got that figured out, it was much easier to navigate. You're hitting on like a massive marketing principle of delivering the right message to the audience. Every yeah. audience is going to have a different message they resonate with. Absolutely. So that that's so fascinating that that course are, is teaching you such kind of like important marketing principles. Well, what it did, it just made me think about things in my life. Like my dad, for instance, he is like every salesman's dream. You walk in, you get all over him, you smother him, and then he's, okay, I'll buy it. And then that's it. <laughs> my mom, you go up to her right away, her hands in your face. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking to you. You got to really come this at her with something. a liar, a cheat, and a steal. What are Literally. you doing in my house? Uh, right? Yeah. So I just figured out like, okay, you have to you could put the same message out, but how you deliver that message to different people, it could be the difference on whether yeah. that message is taken in correctly or just completely ignored. Wow, cool stuff. Thanks for sharing that. One that's coming to mind uh, for me is that I think uh, a group of my friends and I listened to Tony Robbins' Personal, po personal Power 2. I think it was Personal Power 2. I guess there was a personal power one, uh, but his stuff, like we listened on repeat, I think for years, it was just like etched in our brain. Yeah. Is Tony Robbins still, is that too still old? Relevant. Like, no, he's still relevant. Yeah, yeah, relevant. Okay. He's still pushing okay, okay. through all cylinders. He's firing. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I've realized about Tony Robbins is all the guys that are the big influencers that are doing it now, they all get coaching from Tony Robbins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. yeah. So the marketing thing, once you guys dial that in and then, you know, after this uh, podcast, we can talk a little bit of some of the marketing stuff that's been really helpful to us. I can share a couple things with you you guys not trying that. to keep it like secret from the podcast i just think to kind of move on um because once you crack that nut it's just uh with the, the foundation you guys are laying down the world's your oyster appreciate that Thank so you. um uh so on the on the real estate front so still acquiring properties yep. and now is tuck capital that its main focus or it's going to be all these things together you're gonna have a real estate stuff you're going to do stuff where you're helping out artists and music like there's multiple branches to this i think tuck capital is Tuck Capital is kind of like the parent company and, and where like everything starts. Um, we have Tuck Developments, which is where we hold our real estate and develop real estate. Um, and that's that's our main focus right now. Uh, I mean, obviously music is, is becoming more and more relevant actually as the industry is changing. But um, how's the industry changing? In music? 
Oh, wow. Like for, I think it was, it's really exciting, right? So I'm sure you might have heard some of the things like, you know, artists are selling out their masters to these huge venture capitalists mm-hmm. and like these nine figure yes. massive deals. Yeah. And the reason why that's happening is music is actually getting viewed as a pretty strong asset class with the streaming and everything. You're able to actually project future sales, which you couldn't really do. Um, it's becoming previous. objective okay. instead of subjective. Yeah. Is this when Taylor Swift was complaining that Justin Bieber's manager bought all her stuff? Exactly. This is all that stuff? All that stuff. The yeah. masters, right? And like, I think Goldman Sachs put out an article, I think early, it wasn't early, I think it was maybe 2021 in summer there, where they predicted by 2030, the music industry will be revenueing upwards of like 131 billion annually, right? So that kind of wow. sent some waves into both the music industry and obviously the financial industry as well. So I thought, hey, you know what? Like we have all these connections and we've learned quite a lot on the, the doing business in real estate. I know the ins and the music. Let's now come at this at a different level, right? And a lot of these artists and I, I view content as, uh, okay, put it this way. I view music as like you're mining a commodity, okay? And your artists are your miners where they're going out there and they could find that one diamond, that big diamond, and boom, you have everything. Or it could be like, you know, little small ones and it's gonna take more time. And then your labels are like your mines, your mining companies, right? So now that more money's into the industry, we are making that connection to, okay, well, instead of just investing in, I don't know, Spotify or buying stocks in Spotify or buying, you know, stocks in any of these major labels, we're going to do it in a way in which you can actually invest into some of these ground level opportunities that are a little bit more riskier, but at the same time, much more upside, as well as providing um, opportunities that are not as risky. So like your A type of stock, right? So investing into an artist that's already established, already has a track record, already has a deal with a major label. So you're going to come in and own a piece of that publishing. Right, so that's how we're attacking it. Also, live shows. Um, that was always something I had tons of fun doing. Made great money doing it. You got fun. You get to meet the artists and whatnot. And depending on the artists you bring, you get to pull in sponsors. And that was like my kind of claim to fame when I was doing it back in the day. Was before even selling a ticket, I would break even just on sponsorships alone. Right, and then all the tickets was just profit and so on and so forth. Yeah, good for you guys. So that's what you're talking about, that just the evolution. It's almost like the music industry just continued, I guess, ever since Napster days, which it feels like oh before your time. Yeah. I know of them. Okay, <laughs> you know of Napster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Napster is the best. I remember a, a buddy, like, we were, I guess he was having a few drinks. He was sitting in front of Napster on my computer and just saying, hey, what name a song? I'll just get it yeah. for you. And I, I remember all these songs were just coming down. I'm like, wait, these are now on my hard drive. Like I get to have all like the- The LimeWire days? LimeWire, <laughs> oh Napster. Yeah, 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 that was like, uh, yeah. So it's uh, it's almost like the music industry has continued to evolve since that point. Like well, Napster just kind of threw it upside down and then it's continued to evolve. Well, that's why I like crisis, right? Because crisis breeds opportunity for really efficient and innovative ideas to come into the marketplace. And if it wasn't for the music industry being scared shitless of illegal downloading and all these things, they wouldn't have come out with streaming. Because think about it, how do you get someone to pay for something that they get for free? Well, you make it accessible, you make it, you have tons of content, you make it convenient, and that's what's completely changed the game as to why you're seeing a lot of outside investors being like, hey, you know what, there's something to pay attention here. And not just on the music itself, it's the reach that these artists have, right? You see all sorts of deals with them. I think it's the same thing that you're seeing with like, uh, like Mr. Beast and like creators are now, yes. are now creators are now having the creator businesses. Correct. Right. And so people are, are, are no longer, well, not no longer, but people are now buying from their favorite creators. And so those creators totally. are now 
creating businesses. Mr. Beast Burger, Beast, you know, the, the chocolate bars, everything. We were in Croatia this summer and on the way out, my son left with my brother-in-law at the airport and he ran into uh, the Full Send guys. Who's, oh, yeah, the, yeah. who's the main guy on Full Send? Is it, uh, the Nelk? Is it Nelk? Yeah, the Nelk, yeah, yeah, so, Nelk guys. Yeah. Anyway, the main guy, I forget his name. Kyle or something. Yeah, thank Kyle? you. He was at the airport with the, the, his whole crew there. Yeah. And I guess Croatia, the, it's a small little airport split on the, the coast there. And I guess they didn't have a private plane or whatever. Maybe they, I don't even know if they fly private, but they were just like on a regular plane going to a bigger city. Sweet. And uh, my my son was there with them. And to to him, that's like a huge brand. Like he, a he basically bumped into a massive celebrity. Yeah. Now, as far as I can tell, these guys... I think they're from Mississauga, actually. They're, they're from, they're from, they're, yeah, they're oh, area, one yeah. of them went to Holy Trinity. Yeah, that, yeah, I think Nigel was telling me that they're yeah, from really, around here. Uh, yeah. uh, forgive me, I'm not sure which one of you guys went to Holy Trinity, but I know you went to Holy Trinity, so shout yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, these guys podcast. started with pranks. I think I remember yeah. seeing one where they were in Loblaws and they jumped off uh, the second level into toilet paper oh, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But, uh, but these guys have turned into like, a massive well, brand yeah, for my son company. who's 20 yeah. seeing them that's like seeing a celebrity and you right. know um, now they have their own seltzer and you know so now you can see holy smokes with the distribution of media that has changed so much right. you create the brand of yourself and it's funny now because people are having to go into reverse and like build the business behind them and it seems like you're able to kind of you are in a position to perhaps provide some of that develop the actual person and the content and that brand and provide some of that support because some of these guys have no idea how to build the business no behind idea. what they're doing and it's called a music business for a reason i think a lot of people forget that it's just like oh, i'm just gonna make music and that's it it's just like oh my goodness if it was so easy yeah but the business is the most important part right and being able to like you said uh um bring those opportunities to these artists and to people in the industry hey you know what someone has a beautiful shoe that's uh, uh white labeled and they want to put it out this guy has reach cool these guys are doing a deal together. You know what I mean? And we'll take our piece in between. And so, so, so real forth. estate, music, and then were you going to say something else or those are the two main things for you guys now? Yeah, I would say, I would say real estate is like, the main one, the absolutely. Main one, like by the, far, the money maker. Yeah, and it's like the easiest. I know we're saying real estate's difficult, and it is. Sure, but real estate, like at the bottom of it, like it's like you buy a property. Yeah, you put someone in the property. Yeah, and. That's it. Like I, I know, I, I know there's the most control in my opinion. Hold right? on, like, I want to like for 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 people who are listening, like it's not, it's not overly complicated. It, it's just not easy. It, so you know it's, what I mean? it's, it's, it's simple, simple, but not easy. But not easy. That's yeah, if it was easy, say. everybody would do it. It's just. It's, it, but it's, it's not hard. It's like, it's like learning to ride a bike would have been like mind blowing as a child to like look at someone yeah. balance on these two wheels. It's yeah. like it's the same concept, right? But I think. When you when you're talking about buying one, buying two, buying three, four, five, buying even ten, you know you're in this realm of like, save your money, buy a house, put someone in it, cash flow it, take care of them, they take care of you. Bob's your uncle. It's pretty simple. Yeah, but when you're talking about we want to house 500 families, you know it it financing changes completely. Yeah. Your so investment. What, so changes. what's that about housing 500 families? That's, that's one of our short term goals. So we, like, How are you going to do that? We want to have 500 units to put families in. Okay. Got it. So you want to have 500 units that you have that are providing good housing to people. Yeah. Awesome housing. Like, like above average yeah, housing, it. um, at a great affordable rate. Um, and how are you going to do the affordable part? I didn't say affordable housing. I said at a great affordable. Okay. Rate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it's not that it's not needed. Yeah. It's, it's needed. Absolutely sure. needed. I was just, uh, what, what, but Ontario doesn't really cry? support that. You know what I mean? Like, I, mm -hmm. we, I think that's a whole other, like, 
that's a whole other piece of pie to dig into. But 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 that's interesting what you said about real estate. There, you don't like it when people say it's easy. So you you, you yeah because you I, like I just be know more, what we've more, been through. I mean, I can only, I can I, I'm sure you have tons of stories of what you've been through too. Like like the electrical the minute the minute you said electrical, electrical we, we both looked at each other and we're like mm, yep. yes we've been there. We, 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 we bought properties an extra twenty grand. No, no, thirty sure, grand, sure. thirty grand. Yeah, we we, we bought properties. <laughs> yeah, let me just get that for you. Can you take <laughs> cash? Sure, sure. You take exactly. Cash. Yeah. Let me swipe, swipe. It's fine. Yeah. Like we, you know, we bought property in the heat of the pandemic and everything's on fire. No conditions. No this. It's like you have to really know what you're doing to do yes. that. And we knew somewhat of what we were doing. Yeah. I mean, can't ever say we know what we're doing. And and uh, you know, you buy a property and we come and do our initial walkthrough and it's like, all right, this looks good. You see a new panel. You see this. You see that. <laughs> and then you find out the guy like spliced knob and tube yeah. into a new panel yeah. behind yeah. the wall and then drywalled it. And you're like, oh fuck, that guy yeah. is really creative. I, I want to meet that guy. Like you're an asshole, but you're fucking creative. You screwed us. Yeah. 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 And there's $30,000. So it's like, it's not easy. It's, it's simple at its root as I think like really everything is, you know, yeah. once you learn something. Real estate as a business, I guess the reason I like it for most people is that it's kind of the basics are there. People need a house. Mm -hmm. yes. I'm going to talk about residential first. Yeah. They need a house. If you get it in a semi-populated area, you're likely going to find a tenant, especially in Ontario with our population growth. Yep. And if you are somewhat respectful of the tenant, they're going to be respectful of the property. Absolutely. So in that way, I mean, like for most people as a business, it's one of the more interesting businesses to get started with because mm. the dynamics are pretty kind of straightforward. Your Whereas like the music industry and some exactly. of these other things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But you're right. I, one of the properties Nick got us to buy, I'll never forget the basement. My wife, uh, we, I came by with my wife and I'm like, you can't go in. And she's like, why? I'm like, just don't worry about it. You can't go oh, in. And no. the reason was this one washroom, it was a student rental by McMaster. And this one washroom had one of those old style tubs in it. Like it had legs on it. You know, like in the, the one with the curtain, like wraps around. Yeah, exactly it. that. Oh. Okay, exactly <laughs> the that. The creepiest tub. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Exactly <laughs> that tub with the curtain that goes around. We've and had those. The, 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 the shower head was used like a wire coat hanger oh, from the HVAC because there's no ceiling in this bathroom. Yeah. So from the HVAC, they had somehow jimmied up the shower uh, head to hang off this, you know, oh, yeah. wire. Oh, and then I look at the side of the tub and there's a dehumidifier in the corner uh, with an electrical cord running around the tub, like, but connected to the- Super the, safe. Yeah, with a plug <laughs> where clearly water is like splashing over onto this thing. And I'm like, Nick, what did you get it? Like, I know you said it was a good deal, mm -hmm. but what have we bought? And his defense too, we were just learning, like we, we didn't know, like we didn't know to check out these things. Yeah. We just kind of looked at the numbers. I think we had, but I you know we now, the, yeah, we know now we were exactly. at that phase where it's like just the numbers. It's yeah. just the numbers. You just yes. the numbers. And we're like, Hey, yeah, <laughs> the numbers, numbers make sense. Right? Like, it's buy. Like we're yeah. very sophisticated investors. We look at the numbers <laughs> and buy it. And we realize what we bought and we're like, Oh, oh no, that's what, to your point about the electrical, you're like, yeah. that's why the numbers look pretty good. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so real estate is always going to be be there and you want to get to 500 units uh, yeah. or to, to house families that's a the house cool. families yeah. yeah that's a pretty cool goal yeah i think it's like a really rewarding way to look at it i think everything else kind of gets taken care of when that like at, you know at a thousand this is a short-term goal 500 families um and like you know at a thousand two thousand five thousand you know everything else you could want is taken care of. And so we like to focus on the things that benefit you know, everybody and, and that have like, that are, that are rewarding and are good for legacy. Like legacy and reputation is, is really important and, yeah. and the dent we leave in the world. And so to be able to house 500, 2000, 5,000 families is like super rewarding. Yeah. And knowing if we have that much real estate, like 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll be taken care we'll of as well. It, it serves well. both sides. So, are you going to? Do you think you envision yourself staying in Ontario for some of this? Will you are you know already looking at other places? Yeah, we'll branch out for sure. We'll we'll be across Canada and we'll definitely be in the states as well, um, but not yet. I think there's just so much so much untapped opportunity mm-hmm. here that yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, most people that I see yet. kind of branch out. I think one to your one of your points earlier is I see them kind of branch out really too quickly, or they see a deal somewhere else in the in this in the city or the country, and I'm like, hey. If you haven't finished in your own backyard, just focus. That's something like I always say. And, and yeah. Jordan mentioned it earlier as well. It's like um, building out, you know, systems and infrastructure. And when this is something, you know, we spent years building out yes. our infrastructure and systems and saying, you know, a lot of people don't realize that even if you have the formulas down and you've done it right here, uh, it's very easy to say, oh, look at this deal in the other province. Let's grab it. And then you're like, oh, wait, who's going to manage that? Mm-hmm. Who's going to fix that? Yes. Who's going to visit the tenants? Who's going to collect the money? Who's going to A, B, C, D? And then and then, are the laws different? Or is this different? And so yeah, you, you want to make sure you're building out those systems at the same time, not just scaling mm-hmm. your, your assets at, like aggressively. What, what's your current thinking on the whole digital space? I guess in music, we kind of got it, but you were selling Bitcoin at one point. Is that something you just don't have time for that world right now? Is that something you're still kind of interested in it's paying attention priority. to? Or is it just no, on the side for it's now? It's kind of on the side. Like we're yeah. paying attention to it. Uh, I think we're, we're more- Like you have enough on your plate. Yeah, we have enough on our plate. We're more <laughs> interested in like the technology behind it, right? Like mm-hmm. we're, we're always having like ideas of, oh, we could like incorporate this or this blockchain to this or this mm-hmm. NFT to like rent or whatever it may be. There's tons of stuff we're thinking about behind the scenes but it's still early in its adoption like globally so we're just kind of seeing how that plays out right we don't want to get caught holding the bag like uh those guys at ftx i'm not sure if you heard but the teachers like on what is it the teachers pension in ontario here lost like a hundred million or something crazy and i think tom brady lost and Giselle lost like a hundred million and a lot of people lost money but more importantly it's the people that weren't wealthy that lost money, right? Like mm, totally put their savings into it, whatever. Yeah. Hey, all these big companies are doing it like it's safe. So we're interested, but we are definitely cautious. Not a priority at no. the moment. Real estate is a priority. And we're, yeah. we're, what, what we're doing to expand further is we're layering our, 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 what we're doing. We're, just, we're layering our businesses. So basically what we, we, we started buying more properties. We started doing more in real estate and, you know, the pandemic hit, things got more expensive. I mean, as I'm sure you witnessed the material prices and labor prices and you couldn't find a good contractor to save your life. Um, and so we said, okay, well, you know, we, we want to continue to do this. We're going to start flipping as well to add more cash to our, 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 uh, oh, geez, and had you gone down flipping before? Oh yeah. Yeah. We've okay. done it. And okay. you know, we were, we, we did pretty well on it actually. Yeah, we did, we did well. quite well. Cool. Um, and I think, having the Burr model first taught us how to do a good flip because, a, you know, ultimately a Burr is just a flip that has way more margin that you can hold in the end with like an extra 20% margin sure. so you can refinance it. Yeah. But so we ha- we were buying really good deals, but, um, so, Hey, we, we need, we need people who we can like snap, like on the flick of a, a phone call can get them in to renovate. It's like, okay, we need to get our own renovations company going. So, um, we had someone in our network who was like, absolutely incredible uh, in, with his hands in renovations yeah. and had been doing it for a while and kind of approached him and said, hey, how's your business going? He's like, oh, I think I do well. I'm like, what do you, mean? you think you do well? He's like, yeah. Like his finishes were incredible. He sold his own property with like a crazy amount of profit. Like he, he did amazing and he's good with people, really good with people, good at quoting, it, everything he does well. Which is important, right? Cause like, for sure. especially in construction. And he, we, and we tr- Jordan trusted him with his life and yes. that, that was the answer right there. So like trust is important. Anyways, Long story short, we said, hey, we'll take care of the business side of this. You do what you do best. He's like, oh, that would be so nice. I'm like, it'd be so nice to have you. So we started our our renovations company called Choice Renovations Canada. And um, 
then we were able to come in and out of our properties way faster. Yes. Started offering this out. People were calling us, hey, can you do this for ours? Can you do this for ours? Expanded. And now we do just as many uh, external jobs as we do internal. Um, and then uh, and then from there, it also came to property management, same concept. We're like, hey, we're paying all this money. Like, we should probably start looking at Bring internalizing this as well. Yep. So then we uh, introduced a company called Liso, and that's our property management company, which is currently only internal, but I think within the next probably six months or so. How's property management software right now? You've been able to find something that's so easy. Yeah. So easy. Oh, cool. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So Um, how are you guys keeping yourselves organized or like, what's your daily routine? Like there's a lot going on here. So, you know, are you still getting up (laughs) early Jordan or I have to, I have to get up early. So you get up early. Are you two kids? kids. So like 5 30 AM for me, that's like, okay, that's quiet time. I don't hear anyone. No one's daddy. This nothing or, you know, life's not. So what are you doing in those quiet hours? (laughs) Love you, baby. But um, (laughs) you're going to be Maybe that's the point. That's where I reach well, across the table and say, hey, yeah, you might want to cut, yeah, that, one cut that out. Cut that out. Cut that out. I usually like to, I get up early. I have to work out. Like, that's my thing. I work okay. out. It kind of just gets the endorphins flowing, everything. And then I go through my emails. Because my thing is checking my so you emails. You work out, sorry. Uh, home gym? Yeah, I have a home gym. And what sorry. kind of workout? Um, like just Weights, like, cardio? Both. So I, I always do 20 to 30 minutes of cardio, and then I get into the weights after. Um, and then once I do that, then it's just like, okay, like it's still, by the time around 6.30, it's still a little mm-hmm. quiet. Now I could check my emails, right? Um, I like checking my emails early in the day because if I do it during the day when my phone's going off and all the calls, I just kind of get clustered. So that's kind of and like, checking the email at that time doesn't throw you off for the day. No, not at all. Okay. It kind of you it, feel clear. It, like I feel clear ahead of it, right? Okay. I'm ahead of it. I know what's going on. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm checking up whatever I might have missed from the evening before because I like to kind of tune out after like six, seven p.m. I'm kind of like no phone with the kids and whatnot. So I'm kind of. I'm catching up on the stuff from the night before, you know, connecting with Evan, seeing what's on his schedule for the day, what's going on for the week, you know, connecting with some of the Because Evan's leaders. already awake at this time? Yeah, Evan's okay. up at like 6.30 usually. Okay, we'll get yeah. to Evan's. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, so by then is we're it, connecting. Is that your subtle jab? At yeah. That's 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, then it's just like, okay, so we connect and then he knows what he's doing for the day. I know what I'm doing for the day. And then we kind of venture off into like our own parts of running our company. Are you keeping a list? Like I, uh, when we were starting, you know, I, I just used like a notebook where it's all my oh list God. of things. That we I have. would do kill you, you. Do you guys use yeah. notebooks? So no. all, it's the, funny that digital? you say that. So I was a guy where I'm all about like feel, right? I would just kind of keep everything in my head and just like go through it. Evan is like, we're not doing that. He's like, we need systems. We need apps. I want everything in there. We use this app called Todoist, which Evan like has everybody that works with us on, even our lawyer is on it. I'm like, wow, he's, you're going to hate that. But anyways, um, <laughs> we're able to just manage everything from there, right? We're not missing tasks. And when we do a task, it's checked off. So I, so he knows when I've done something and vice versa, especially with everyone else in our company. So it's not like, okay, less conversation, less conversation. We don't have to, I don't talk to, I mean, we, we talk maybe once or twice a day. Some days we don't even talk, we don't even talk. but, but I, I can tell you right now, like what projects he's moving on, what, what tasks that he's checked off that I needed from him and he's needed from me. I can see the emails. We try and CC or BCC each other on everything. Yeah. And, and like cool. everyone's having meetings for, about meetings mm-hmm. and we're eliminating conversations. Like how do you eliminate 1%? How do you yeah, get one, to the one, one more percent mm-hmm. efficient? Right. And so, okay. Systems so then, are that super keeps you, then you're, you're off for the day. Yeah. Then I'm off for the day and then it's just like, okay, I go, then it's just like, okay, now I'm like, I, I gotta get my kid to school and whatnot. Yep. So you know, usually by 1030 at this point, then I'm just like, I'm full on business. Don't bother me. Don't talk to me. I'm just doing what I got to do around two o'clock. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe take a late lunch or whatever. And then, um, we'll recap, see what's going on, what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. If my schedule's looking pretty good, I see if there's any help I could kind of give to anyone else in our companies. If not, then we just, uh, 
keep oh. thinking. That's our. That's my biggest thing is I like to get things done so I have time to just think in silence. That's where all my ideas come from. That's where mm-hmm. all of our innovation comes from. It's just being able to sit and think. So so valuable, so yeah. underrated. Oh my goodness. So yeah, especially with two yeah. young kids. Oh jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gotta tell you, talk to a lot of people. Not very many people bring that up. So yeah, and I just so strongly believe in that. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, good for you. I mean, who am I to say good for you? I guess, but I, I don't know. I think it's really awesome. <laughs> that's, that's you know. And then so Evan, you're a little different in your morning, or no? Same kind yeah. of process. Get up. Different. You, okay. No, I, what's I work, yours? I like a midday workout. Um, I like to have two meals before I work out. Okay. I feel like I'm a lot stronger, but <laughs> <laughs> two <laughs> meals specifically two meals. Well, like at least two <laughs> meals. Like I, I, I'm, I, I won't I, work out in the evening. I can but, tell you what this guy eats for breakfast from Monday to Saturday, and yeah. then what he does on Sunday for a treat. Like everything to this guy is literally so. You know, like, you know the problem is it's so accurate. But like the problem was that I have the worst memory in the world. Okay, and and when we first started doing business together, I was working full time and like more than full time hours, like 40, 50, 55 hours a week, and we were still doing our businesses. And I was getting up at five. I was working in the morning before work. I'd work out in the morning, go to work, come home, work again. It's like it got to the point where we were becoming so successful and had so much so many moving parts that I was forced to implement systems. Yeah. I could not store it in my head anymore. I started doing a lot of research and, and personal development in that space as well. And the brain is not meant to store information. It's meant to problem solve and be creative. And I'm like driving this in. As Jordan said, he's like, I always kept it in my head. I'm like, no, it doesn't work. I don't. Yeah. Like, when you, as soon as you put it down for me, it's on paper or yeah. you digitally, whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, it's really not that bad. That's yeah. right. When it's all in your head, you're like fr- completely freaking yeah. out. Yeah. Like, I'm and never going like, to make Yeah. And like how many times you wake up in the middle of the night, like, oh, I forgot to do that thing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it, well, if you had captured it earlier, even if you didn't do it, if you had captured it somewhere earlier, yeah. you know, and so like the book, uh, getting things done mm-hmm. by, uh, David Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like, that was a crazy one for me. Cause it was a very complicated process. It, it was, was like the worst. Re- it was worse than reading. I couldn't yeah, 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 do his yeah, system. Yeah. But, okay, yeah. but now, now if you take it into the digital world, it's, yeah, it's so much yeah. easier. Yeah. And so it was the worst read. It was, it was 10 times worse reading that than, than, uh, thinking grow rich. Yeah. yeah. That was a tough one. I hated that book. I didn't even implement the, it made me think I just processes. wasn't not organized at all though. Like I, think I had no idea what I was even doing. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know what a file is until that book. Right. Yeah. And so like, I didn't even implement the things from that book cause I resented it so much cause it was so complex for like two years. And then my back hit the wall and I was like, I just cannot continue doing this. And I was forced to like, get into that. And I adopted almost everything from that, but with technology, I have no filing system. I have no like, sorry, physical file sure. system. Everything's yeah. electronic. So I, I get up in the morning. Um, I, I can tell you what every single minute of my day until 7 PM looks like. Um, so you're so, using, what was the app you're using it to do list to do ist. It's like to do okay. list, but yep, without the L uh, and that's, that's it. a, uh, to do list project management software. Sure. So very sim- like something similar to Asana and all we that use that Asana. Stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. very similar. Um, and so, yeah, Jordan said like, you cannot do business with me unless you're on that. That's how it works because it's how I capture everything. It's how I want to see you're capturing everything. And if you're not capturing everything, I know you're not as efficient as you can be. And so that's it. So you capture, you file it, you organize it, and then it gets done. You can chunk it down, chunk it up, however you want to do it. He's thinking and reflecting. You can't capture that all the time, Evan. You can. It's important for him to have time to think and reflect. Okay, so but not, that, but that thinking reflection yeah, I'm even, time. I'm not even joking. No, I'm being dead serious. Yeah. That thinking reflection time 
everything gets captured. It should he will, be scheduled. He will, well, I don't know if it's scheduled on his time, but it is on mine. But I can tell you that he'll call me and he'll be I'll like, call him. he'll call me and be like, yeah, okay, here, here's what we have. We're going yeah, we're gonna to do this, 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 this. And I have this idea. And I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on. I'm like, and I'm like okay, you know, what was the first action step you wanted to take on that? Oh, I didn't, yeah, all right, let's break it down. So it's like, yeah, we have these systems. You guys and, are a good team. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I'll wake up, you know, I, I do my bathroom routine, I have breakfast, and then I plan my day. And I my day is in Pomodoros. So I have like, 30 minutes mm -hmm. yeah. uh, every 30 minutes yeah. is scheduled five minute break at the end every 30 minutes mm -hmm. and it's easy to tell him what i'm doing where did you learn that strategy uh, honestly i had a mentor of mine who was my boss at the gym and he taught me all this stuff okay. and, and just summarize that one really quickly for anyone listening pomodoros yes pomodoros is a scheduling technique to make you like really efficient with your time so basically you work in time blocks so instead of looking at your day as eight hours your day is uh 16 30 minute time blocks. Uh, you could do them in 15 minute time blocks, however you please. Um, anyway, so if you did it in 30 minutes, you have 16 of these time blocks. And at the beginning of your day or the end of the previous day, you wanna sit down and say, what do I have? You'll take out your to-do list, you'll take out your project manager, and say, what do I have on my plate for tomorrow? And you will pick the task projects and items that you need to accomplish, and you'll book them into these time slots. And then you have 25 minutes of ridiculously focused effort, and then five minutes of whatever the hell you want. You can go on TikTok, you can go to the bathroom, you can go make a smoothie, you can jump up and down and do jumping jacks, it doesn't matter, like five minutes of your time. We, we hit Jordan hit a frustration part a point in his life, second, third year university, where he's like, holy, I didn't get yours, because like, why are you talking about pomodoros and, and, and this kind of stuff? Like, because yeah, I, was, I was working full time, and I was running these businesses, and there was, I had no other option. What were you working full time? This is at One Health. At One Health Clubs. Okay. At One Health. Okay. Clubs, and you were you were like, this is not going to be permanent for me. I, I never. I I didn't foresee stopping working at One Health Clubs. I love that gym. Mm -hmm. I love working in the gym industry. I got to go to work every day and like. So short, what was it like, though that got you to just go down this path so aggressively? Like was which path? Just you're organized. You're talking about real no, estate. No, because because I was so like. All right, there's 24 hours in a day. I'm I'm in sales at One Health Clubs, putting like. In crazy hours, and you were selling there. the membership, selling personal training. Okay, okay, doing a quarter. You made a point not to say memberships there. Yeah, yeah right? I like hate I'm not selling memberships. <laughs> I am. I, that was I, pretty clear the way you handled. Uh, that. Yeah, let's make it. Real, let's for all the viewers out there. I did not sell memberships. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm personal training sales, and I manage the personal training department. So I had a team of 35 trainers working with okay. me. Uh, we're doing a quarter million dollars a month in personal training awesome. sales. Like, it, like it's busy, and there's not a lot of time for everything else. And I was already making my time there as efficient as possible like the average sales appointment was an hour i was taking 30 minutes and doing better results than anybody You've else always been this way in your life as organized yeah no i was oh, like okay. the most unorganized okay. terrible okay. memory so person was ever. this job that made you get organized <clears throat> it was this job paired with i have so much to do outside of this job for our companies that i had no choice if i wasn't really ridiculously organized Everything but you're doing so apart. well at One Health. Why bother with this other stuff? Because I'm competitive as hell. Mm -hmm. Comes right. down to the. I, I, I just, we're, we're both crazy. Yeah, just yeah. that's like, what I call it. Back to the competitive. If you're not 100%. growing, you're dying. Like this, yeah. like you know, what I mean? like why, why not? Just keep mm -hmm. growing. Like I want more. I want more, 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 more. Right? Mm -hmm. And I want to do more, and I want to accomplish more, and I want to help more people, and and well, we're the same way. And so you know. yeah. 
Awesome. Pleasure. Well, uh, pleasure getting to know you guys. Well, uh, anything else I should have asked right now? I just, I, I feel like I have a much better feel for both of you. It's a real pleasure getting to know you. I've talked to a lot of people. I don't meet many 31 year olds <laughs> who kind of break things down the way you do, who read and invest in themselves the way you do, who are as organized as you guys are. If I extrapolate the next 10 and 20 years of your lives with the, the understanding I have now, it's kind of pretty exciting because you're laying you. down. Yeah. You're laying down some really cool stuff. And and I, I remember reading a, a book, something that freaked me out because I was in the tech world and it said, guys specifically have to like, if they're going to go out on their own in an entrepreneurial manner, they should do it before the age of 33. And this mm. guy was breaking down the reason. And part of the reason was just the amount of energy you need yes. to create momentum in something new. And at, at that point, and I forget the reasons why he said 33, he had some kind of science behind it or whatever. But in my mind, I remember thinking, I have to quit before I'm 33, like it just, it was just, it hit me at the right time yeah. and it really kind of motivated me to get going. And I hear you guys at 31 with just as much energy as you clearly both have and amount, uh, the amount of thinking around business that you clearly both have. It's exciting to see um, what, what you do. And especially if you stay principle focused, which I think you are to just operate by principles, that'll just keep you on the straight and narrow. Cause there's a lot, with everything that you guys are capable of, there's gonna be many temptations mm -hmm. along the way. Oh, we could and, easily and, have like yeah, 10,000 yeah. units right now yeah. if we wanted to, yeah. but we're very, very cautious of yeah. who we do business with and who we work with and yeah, the principles just, align. It compounds. Yeah. So yeah. I got to be able to sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. So yeah, real pleasure getting to know you. I'm glad Thank this you. happened. Anything else you guys want to say before we, how do people find, like what would be a way to find out more about you or anything? Instagram or, Instagram or, or websites. No, websites. Yeah. Give a website or give something out. So go to tuckcapital.com, T-U-K-C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Um, at Evan Unger, U-N-G-A-R on Instagram. Yeah. My Instagram is at KingCom, K-O-M-M, 91. Okay, cool. So we will link to all of that stuff. So if you can't remember what they just said, we will link to that in the show notes of this episode. Awesome. Guys, really, really appreciate this. Like the whole idea behind us start quitting our jobs and starting this business was to try to live life on our own terms and yeah. help other people live life 100%. on their terms. And you guys are really putting that into action for yourself. So it's a kind of a thrill for me to be able to sit down with you guys and cool. kind of hear your stories and get to learn about you guys. So thank you for doing this. You didn't have to. We were met through a kind of mutual friend here through Nigel at the office who kind of knows yeah. you, Evan. Yep. So I uh, really appreciate you guys doing this. No, yeah, thank I appreciate you. you having us. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Hey everyone, hopefully you enjoyed that episode with Evan and Jordan. You can reach out to them or learn more about them by visiting their website, tuckcapital.com. That's T-U-K capital.com. And if you are listening to this and still don't have the Your Life, Your Terms app on your phone, you can grab it wherever you're downloading apps these days. Just search for Your Life, Your Terms. That's it for this episode. Until next time, Your Life, Your Terms. <laughs>